This is a Woodside Church podcast. Morning, everyone. You're right. Good. I'm okay. I'm so good. I mean. Um, uh, I was there for the first one, then I went to there, and I'm just enjoying it. Lovely, lovely, lovely to see you guys. It's so, so, uh, we, uh, my wife and I, we love coming to the East, you know, seeing you guys. And uh, I just want to say a big thank you to you guys for your prayers, for your support, for releasing us. And we are, doing, we are seeing God's, uh, God doing amazing things um, it's in the East and the West. I was there for the baptism service here as well. Exciting. Yay! Cool. I would say thanking God. I'm um, just arranging my um, notes. And there's Woodside Church Emergency Evacuation Sunday Service. I mean, if anything, if I'm preaching about this, I'm just, uh, I've just put this in the wrong order, yeah? So um, uh, that's it. But <clears throat> as I said, I'm so glad. I'm so happy to be here. My wife and I, we came from India. Um, as soon as we came here, um, we became part of a community group, which is part of uh, Woodside. Uh, and uh, we loved the community group, the Bible teaching in there. And that really, we fell in love with God. And we, we grew up there. We, we enjoyed going to the Bible group. And then we came, we became part of this Woodside family, a lovely family. We grew in there. We, excited, we were so excited. We were going there. Suddenly, then comes... You are going to lead the group from now on. Say, what? Me? What? I mean, that kind of a uh, shock. But because of the great help of the elders and, and our coaches and their support uh, for us, we said, yes, yes. I mean, if, if this is what God has brought us for, we'll do it. So we started growing, uh, leading the group and we enjoyed it. We loved it. We grew in it and we were doing, I thought, yeah, you're not the best, but we are okay. And we were uh, doing well. We, we absolutely enjoyed it. And then comes up this amazing thing called multiply and multi-side thing. You know, God's prophecy and God's wonder work uh, happening in, in our midst, in our time. And then we, we launch a new site in the West. Anybody up for going to the West? They say, yeah, we were there. Yeah, we're coming, we're coming, we're going. We were so excited. All that me and my wife could think of was like being a part of this. Somebody is going to be leading it and we're going to give our best, support them, do the best. And then they go around and then if I say, you are leading it. What? No way. How, do elders really pray? Do you really pray? In, the, in the, that kind of a thing, you know? So it's like, it was up to us, and we were in a shock. Should we go for it? No, we, we could only see us as a supporting role. And it, do we lead it, co-lead it? We, we were kind of shocked. And that time, we had a great encouragement from God's word. When we read through the book of Joshua, the first chapter you read through, and a very similar situation Joshua was in. Moses was leading Israelites, and his time had come, and he had to go. He passed away. His assistant Joshua was there, everybody in tears, don't know what to do. And the people turn around and look at Joshua now. He was like, why are you looking at me? Why are you looking up to me? It was Moses, he's gone. Now, just as how devastated you are, I am too, I'm so upset, I don't know what to do. And he's just sitting there. So then comes God's word when you read through that. God says, come on, what are you doing? Get up now. Just as how I was with Moses, I will be with you. Now be strong. And very courageous, for I am with you. This is what said. As soon as he received that word, Joshua was like, Lord, 
you are going to be with me just as how you were with Moses? If that is the case, I'm not going to pull myself back from anything. I'm for it, Lord. I just take everything. I will be strong. I will be very courageous. And that brought in so much confidence in Joshua. He just stepped out. This happened to me and my wife too. And I said, we read through that. Lord, if you were with Moses, if you were with Joshua, if you were with all the other elders, the, all the other leaders, and you saying you are going to be with us, we in faith step out. And that's how we stepped out. And oh God, I tell you, I thank God that we are growing in it. We are learning. And, uh, and uh, uh, you know, we can see God's purpose. Why God has brought us from India into this place. And that is why my hero is Joshua. I'm going to be preaching about... Um, few things that really inspired me and my wife and my family about Joshua. Joshua is a very common name, isn't it? Everybody, every family. In the West, you go there, every family has a Joshua, one or the other. Is there anyone named Joshua here? Joshua? This happened in the first service as well. What is wrong with the East? Why don't you name your children Joshua? Come on. You should be. Ah. I, would, uh, I had a nice joke to say. No, I can't say that. No. Okay, forget it. Anyway, um, my hero is Joshua. And uh, um, uh, there are so many things you could learn from his life. Apply it and you know, learn and get it into your life. And of all that, I'm just going to point out three things that really inspired me. And I feel that is a great application point for us as a church, as us as an individual, us as a, you know, a person walking in the footsteps of God, you know, following God. And that is going to really help us. So uh, we're going to look at three things. Uh, uh, we'll turn our focus on to it. The first thing that really inspired us, and that's a great thing that Joshua did, Joshua made the right choice in life. In everything, he made the right choice. How can that be? We have to take so many decisions all the time. From the time we wake up till the time we go to bed, you know, be it a small baby, elderly person, whoever it is, we always face this thing of making decisions. Yeah, I was driving from west. Which road to take? There's so much traffic here. Will I be on time? Okay, this one and that one. What am I going to wear today? What am I going to eat? Where to go? Which school to send children to? What job? Who's my life partner? And da 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 da. Yeah, I mean, you name it. For everything, you need to have. You, know, you need to make big decisions. It may be small, it may be big. Uh, well, let me tell you, have you been into a perfume shop? Has anybody been in a perfume shop? Buying a perfume off the shelf at Morrison Tesco is different because you don't really you know, get the sample. You just look at the name, look at the price we buy. But you go into a perfume shop, what do they do? They take a strip, sir, you want to try this, sir? Try it. Wow, brilliant, that's the one. That's the one I was looking for. Sir, you want to try this one? No, this is the one. This is the one. This is so good. This is better than that. Then the next one. Oh, this is actually better. This is actually better. You go around and then, wow, this is better. So that's the first one you saw. So, oh, is it? Okay. I'm really confused now. You, you, you take so much time. To be honest, when you go to perfume shop, I send my wife into it. You go and buy. I'm not coming in there. Whatever you give me, I'm going to wear it. Okay? So that sort of a thing. It's so hard to make a decision. Finally, of all the struggle, you make a decision. You find the one. This is the best one. Now, I'm going to spread some fragrance wherever I go. And then you go, you wear it, you drench yourself you know, with that, and then you go to office the next day or to wherever you want to, only to hear that nice word. Wow, what smell is it? And to your surprise, nobody mentions it. 
What guys, come on, mate. Come on, I spent a whole day making this choice. Now you don't even mention it. You know, I wait, I wait. Mm, what's that smelling nice? You know, I make my own comment, but nobody mentions. Oh, no, I don't get anything. Ah, terrible. And then, you know, suddenly this sad thing, shocking thing happens. Your friend comes in. Even before they enter the room, you get another fragrance, which is even better than yours, and overrides your fragrance. And as soon as they come in, the people are like, wow, what's that nice smell? Wow, who's got that perfume? They guys, this is not fair. This is not fair. I've spent so much time in choosing a perfume, and my friend comes in, and then he comes in, and he goes. It's one hour since he's left. Still, they talk about that smell. Still, they, they, the place is fully smell. Come on, guys. Hard decisions. Hard decisions. We face with such decision-making tough times in our life. This is just a simple thing. But for Joshua, be it small thing, be it big thing, he always made the right choice. How was he able to make the right choice? Very simple, very simple. The Bible tells us, and we read his history, his choices all were God-centered. In anything and everything, he had God, he made God-centered choice. God, I like this. This is good. This is good. From my eyes, I can see this. But you know what, Lord? I'm going to ask you, and it's going to be God-centered. So you tell me what's the best choice I need to take. So his choices were all God's. And let me read a word from the Bible. Exodus 33, verses 11, it says, Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterwards, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, that's Joshua, yeah, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting of all the places that he could be. All the time, his focus was on God. Wow, God speaking to a man face to face, just like a friend? That was his passion. That, that really got his heart. Moses would have had the chat and he would have gone out, but still, he would be at the tent of meeting. I want that experience. I love that. God speaking to man. While his, you know, he's gone to the Mount Sinai, Moses hasn't returned, it's been 40 days, nobody knows whether he's alive, or he was even living, he's gone up there, his assistant Joshua is sitting there, you know what, he had plenty of places to go and join with the other friends, the other friends were like, Moses is gone now, it's been a long time since he's gone, we don't know whether he's alive. We need to party. We need something to, you know, keep us happy and keep us moving. Come on, guys. We can't lead a boring life. So they make a statue of gold and they say, oh, come on, guys. pull the party in. Bring the drinks. Yeah, let's enjoy. And they are jumping. They totally forgot. They just, they just, you know, couldn't focus on God or Moses or anything anymore. But this man is still waiting, waiting, waiting down. Of all the places that he could be, his choice were God. Why? That involved God. That involved God. How many of us can say our choices are God-centered choice? Contradictorily, contradictingly, am I right? I don't know, but it's okay. You understood it. Yeah, you understood it. You got it. Yeah. Um, the people of his generation, or something that we all face even now, is what is the contradicting thing to this? Is I-centered. Our decisions, our choices, Everything is I-centered. What do I mean by I-centered? What is the most important thing? My pleasure, my satisfaction, my gain. 
Our choices, our decisions are all based on these three things. My pleasure, what pleasure do I get out of it? What satisfaction do I do? Am I really satisfied having taken the decision? What gain? It's, it's my-centered. It's all I-centered. It's focused on me. How good is that? I struggle with that. I struggle with that. Because soon I would end up in a place to find out that the pleasure is an everlasting. The satisfaction isn't everlasting. The gain isn't everlasting. I'm going, oh, maybe I made the wrong decision. Let me take another decision. I think, oh, this is so pleasure-giving. This is satisfying. Let me take that. And then what happens soon, I discover, come back to the square one to say, oh, probably this is not the one. This is what the world teaches us now. Of all the people who's important in this world, you are the most important thing in the world. I was watching an ad about a horoscope. Somebody who gives, or you can call them, they say, I'm not going to tell the number. Okay? So uh, they were like, uh, um, uh, the, 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 the ad was like, you deserve everything in life. You deserve all pleasure. You deserve all satisfaction. You deserve all gain. Guys, Joshua was different. It wasn't my pleasure, it was God. What would give you pleasure? What, does you, what would you be satisfied with? What, would, what gain would it have? An impact would it have on you and me? What we don't realize is, our God, our Father, loves us so much. He absolutely knows what gives us pleasure. He absolutely knows what gives us satisfaction. What is gain? The only thing is, there is a bit of something called weight to it. There's a bit of something called patient and slow understanding, realigning ourselves to it, only to discover later, to say, wow, this is the most satisfying thing. This is the most pleasure-giving thing. This is the most profitable thing. God, you have given me. God gives, does not give us a best or one of the best. I tell you, this is what the Bible teaches us. God gives you the best in life. The only thing is it takes time for us to understand that fact and realize, to, to taste you know, tes- uh, and testify that this is the best thing in life. I was uh, in the university. I joined the university. Uh, pray to God, Lord, let me, uh, is this the right university, you know, you know, kind of thing, and join the university. I'm a cr- cricket craze, okay? I'm, 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 I, I love to play. At one point of time in my life, you'd ask me, what do you want to be? I want to play cricket for India. I want to become a cricketer. I worked really hard. I'm not that good. Okay, sort of okay. A couple of centuries here and there. Okay, let's not go into that. Okay, so I'm, I'm an all-rounder. I loved playing cricket. I practiced hard for this. When I went into this university, there came an opportunity to join the team for something called Ranji Trophy. Ranji Trophy, if you don't know, is, is kind of, if you play in that and, and if you perform really well, you will get opportunity to go into bigger levels, higher levels into like national levels and things like that, you will get noticed. This is the right platform for you to get noticed. And getting an opportunity there is not at all an easy thing. But I worked really hard. As soon as I heard that I'm going, there were 200 people, they chose 100. I was in there. Out of the 100, they chose, they narrowed it down to 50. I was there. From the 50, they narrowed down to 25. I was in there. I was like, every time I was selected, every time I, I know, being part of it, I was like, thank you, God, hallelujah, you brought me this university for, to, to you know, achieve my you know, passion. Wow, great, I was so happy. 
And out of that 25, when they came and said, guys, you should be so proud of yourself. Lucky you guys. Come on, go and excel and do that. The thing that we need to do from here is work hard, practice, and do well. Yes, yes, we're all going, yes, yes, we'll do it, we'll do it. I'm so looking with so much dreams ahead. The first thing they said was, come on, our practice starts this Sunday. And then every Sunday. People were rejoicing. Yay, cool, yay. That was a big shock for me. Sunday, I go to church. Sunday afternoon, I was part of a Sunday school. I was teaching kids, sharing the love of God with them. I enjoyed it. I loved it. They loved me. Every Sunday, they would come and wait for me. They were looking up to me, looking forward, and I just loved it. I was doing this regular on a regular basis every Sunday, church and this, church and the whole Sunday I was busy. But they are. They said the practice is on Sunday and it's a must. If you don't come for the practice, you can't be there. Thank God I didn't even have to think twice. I just went to that person. I said, I shook his hand. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm out of it. I'm out of it. My friends thought I'm stupid. What an opportunity. I'm going to miss it. This fellow is senseless. Something wrong with him. But I tell you, if I hadn't made that decision, then I wouldn't have been in front of you today preaching. What now I can approve, test and approve and say and thank God, glorify his name. This is definitely the most pleasure giving, satisfying, the most profitable thing to be part of his church, to be part of, you know, be part of this big family growing with you, learning from you, teaching you, encouraging, receiving encouragement from you guys and growing and doing God's will and accomplishing his purpose. Wow. Guys, I tell you, this is so much, so much satisfying. I love it. I love it. And we love it. We love it. And I'm glad I made that decision that day. Thank God. Joshua made decision which was God-centered. What are you struggling with today? One good thing my sister-in-law, she's not there, she's in the other side. Divya, she taught me, she learned from a book. She taught me, in every decision that you take, that you need to ask this question, where is God in this? Where is God in this? Any decision, anything, it could be a simple thing, it could be a big thing. I'm doing my garden in a, in a new house, I have no clue, I'm just learning from YouTube, I'm just doing, I'm doing AstroTurf. But still, even when I do such simple things, I say, God, help me to do a good job. Help me to serve the purpose. Yeah, so see, we involve God in everything that we do, God-centered decisions. This verses will help us. Proverbs 3, verses 2 to 7. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which paths to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Guys, what a great instruction for us to learn. This was Joshua's principle. He trusted God in everything and never leaned onto his own principle. His decisions was God-centered. Uh, is our decisions God-centered? Think about it. This is a Jesus trait that he had. We are disciples of Jesus, aren't we? We follow Jesus, and Jesus was Father-centered. Everything that he did was Father-centered. And so... Our life, let it be Father-centered, God-centered in everything that we do. Second thing, 
we, we learn from Joshua. Joshua allowed God to influence his life. This is just a simple thing. You might be sitting there, oh yeah, we all know this, maybe. You know, it's, it's such a common thing. But you know, when it comes to application point of view, this is a very big, hard thing. But for Joshua, it wasn't a big thing because he allowed God to influence his life. Now Joshua... He took up the lead. He's leading the people now. And as soon as they are moving forward you know, to claim the promises that God has uh, uh, given them, they come and hit this river Jordan in front. And the Bible says it was flood season. Now what would they do? What would they, um, is there any civil engineers? Good, you know, bridge builders? Anybody, you know, the way? No, he didn't go that way. What shall we do? Shall we, uh, shall we find another route? Shall we go back? Maybe this is not what God asked us to do. No, maybe let's go. No, he said... Hang on, guys, let's ask God. When he asked God, God said, I was the one who took you through Red Sea. I made you walk on dry ground. I split the Red Sea for your sake. Wouldn't I do this? I will do this. Just follow my instruction. He just said, yes, Lord, whatever you say. And he followed the instruction, and they walked on dry ground when it was flood season. They walked. Everybody crossed away and there was uh, you know and then then then, uh, the river closed and uh, God did a mighty thing it says since then the people of Israel looked up to Joshua just as the uh, the same way they would look at Moses like wow they had so much reverence and respect God is with Joshua Joshua could see Jordan not as a big big um, hindrance in front but he could only see as a as a uh, a moment of glorifying God. After they moved that, they, they come now to the big city called Jericho with great walls, thick walls, and that was the pride of the city. Nobody can ever, the only way you could enter is through the main gates, if, and, and it's, it's always guarded. And even the guys in there would expect Israel to come and break through maybe the front door, the back door, they are there, they're all secure, safe in there. God said, you will go through. And he does his protocol as a leader, the normal protocol. Guys, he sends pies. They go and look at it. This is what it is. This is how it is. The huge walls, they are thick. You can't do anything. But we can go and all sort of things. So he got this. He gets his best army right in front. Okay, guys, this is the protocol. This is what we do. Do, 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 do. All ready? Yeah, you're ready. While they're walking, suddenly they meet a man in front, a man with a drawn sword, an amazing man. As soon as he saw it, he could realize something. There's something strange, something great about this. There's greatness, power, there's glory, there's, uh, you know, uh, there's a victory all over there. So he asked the first question boldly to them. Are you on our side or there? Let's, let's read that passage, yeah? Joshua 5, um, 13 to 14. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Are you on our side or the opponent's side? And he said, the man with the drawn sword, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord Say to his servant. There's so much to learn for, for, I mean, I mean, from that thing. He didn't answer. He didn't answer to that question whether he was on their side or the opponent's side. The answer he received, no. He said no in kind of like, you need to realign your question. You need to realign your thinking. Joshua's only thing was probably before when he saw himself, if only this man was on our side, we will definitely, you know, 
be victorious, we can win. So he said, are you on our side or the opponent's side? He says, no, I am the commander. Or in a way saying, I am from God. This is God's side. As soon as he heard it, Joshua, look at his response. Yeah, he fell face down. What does that mean? He surrendered completely. He realigned in a kind of repentance. You know, He's trying to say, uh, yes, I was asking this question, God, are you on our side or their side? No, 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 no. Now I understand. I realign myself. You are there and I am on your side. It's not you. It's not me wanting you to be on my side. Lord, I have plans. This is what I have. I want you to be on my side. No, 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 no. I will reframe myself, realign myself. God, you are there. It's always about you. I choose to be on your side. He falls flat. He worships. Probably he would have got up and said, guys, I had a protocol. Have you got that? Yeah, we got a big list. Yes, this is what we're doing. No, hang on, hang on, hang on. He will tear everything, put it down. We just listen to what this man says. He is from God. How many of us can ask this question? How many of us go about asking, God, I'm doing this, I'm praying this, I want you to be on my side, I want you to bless me, and this is how I can look at, come on, Lord, come on, Lord. Joshua's teaching us a great lesson there. Guys, it's not God needs to be on our side. No, we need to be on God's side. We surrender. This is what we struggle with. I struggled with. When I analyze my life, you know, reflect myself in the presence of God, pray, please, God shows me things. I have certain areas in life that I hold on to which are precious to me. All the other place I allow, I give permission to God to work through, to influence my life, influence my thinking. But there are certain areas which we don't want to give. We have that special cherishing, you know, areas and bits in our life. Do you have that? I have that. I have that. I may have that. I mean, as Spirit Lee reveals to me, I need to just open up. I need to give. That area, yes, Lord. I don't give that area to God, or I don't bring God into that area. You know why? I know the first thing. I know the answer, because he would say no. He would say no, and I knew it. I know it very well, and that is why I don't want to involve him. No, Lord, only this one. Please, please, don't touch this area. All the others is yours. All the others is yours. Joshua had no problem there. Lord, I completely surrender. And he surrendered. And the instruction, what does he get? A great strategy now to, to, to defeat Jericho. You walk around and shout. Uh, so, uh, actually, we're going for a war. Do you know that? We're not going for a, uh, a singing competition. Do you know that? So It's not about singing. It's, it's, uh, no, 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 no. You go around, you shout. Joshua said, we're just doing it. People have thought, what? What strategy is this? We're just doing. They went, and as soon as they, yeah, the, the whole walls come down. Everything come down. Probably they were holding on to, guys, guard the front gate, guard the back gate, guard the front gate, back gate. And they shout, and all place, the whole place is open now. The walls are down. Uh, they look around and say, they enter, they defeated. What a massive victory they got. It's only because they were able to look from God's point of view. Are we struggling with total surrender? Are we struggling with total surrender? What happens is, when we struggle with total surrender, we can, you know, when we have places like that, we can only look from that point of view. It's like God being on that side, I'm here, I'm saying, God, look at this, look at this, this is, this is what is happening there, this is what it is like, this is what. But God gives an absolutely different uh, story to it, or after he looks at it from a, no, I don't see that. 
I see this. I see this. No, God, come on. Why can't you open your eyes? Look, look, look. That's because I am looking from a very different angle, from a worldly angle, from my own angle. Maybe, um, okay, I'll come there. No, I come there. Look from God's angle. Oh, yeah, looks different. Yeah. Why? Now, I have moved my angle away from me, from my angle, from the world's angle. I look from God's point of view. And that is how he influences our life. How much we need this total surrender in our marriage life, in our family life, when it comes to our kids, when it comes to our parents, when it comes to our work, so many things. Guys, we need that. For example, my wife could look at me with all my flaws, with all the negatives that I have. Come on, Lord, look at him. You know, so much flaws, so much negative, so much thing. It all from how many can how many face these negative things about each other, your husband, your wife, your children, or oh, these children? How much I've done for them? But look at that. You know what? When when my wife goes to God, he would say, "Yeah, but he is my chosen one. I love him. You know how I look at him? He's a sinner saved by the grace of God. I love him. Yes, he does mistakes." He's got flaws, but I love him. I'm still at work in him. I'm still at work in him. I have chosen him for a purpose. I'm using it. I'm delighted in him. And then my wife probably say, okay, Lord, I, stop, I will stop looking at from my point of view. I will look from your point of view. Yeah, you love him, and I will love him. You have hope on him. I will have hope on him. You accept him. As he is, I will accept him. When you, how can I say, ah, I hate this about someone when God, you love someone. Do you understand? The different point of view. That could happen to your wife, your husband, your your children. Guys, start looking at them. Not at, at the flaws and the negatives, but start looking at them from God's point of view. Allow God to influence your life and thinking just as a just as how Joshua did. Jordan was not a problem for him. Jericho was not a problem. Because people looked at from worldly point, it was big size, massive, big. No, he says, if my God says yes, it is yes. He could only see from God's point of view. Finally, Joshua was focused on God and on his purpose. He was always focused on God and purpose. What happened now? They've gone through Jericho. They've had a great victory. They're so happy. Yes, come on, guys. We are moving forward. We're doing really well. And next comes a very small town called Ai. Ah, should we even bother going and doing the protocol? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, let's go. I mean, they send spies. They come back Says you don't need the whole army. Maybe one third. That's it. You know, we can easily win. Then they say, okay, go for it. Just then they are happy, rejoicing. Guys, finish the job and come quickly. They go there to their surprise, a great shock. They were beaten. They were thrashed like anything. They had to run for their life. Just as how India was thrashed by New Zealand. Don't talk about that. Don't talk about that, my heart. Okay? Yeah, same way they were thrashed. They were beaten like anything. They come for their lives. And Joshua, this is what happened. Shall we read? And his response, what happens to Joshua? Joshua 7, 6 to 9. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening, he and the elders of Israel. 
and they put dust on their head. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? To give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan, O Lord? What can I say? When Israel has turned their backs before their enemies, for the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will sur surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? He's blabbering, he's crying, he's mourning. But even amidst that, his concern was what will happen to your name? Your name is the greatest name. The people all over know there is a God in Israel who split the Red Sea, who overcome the mighty power Egyptians. This God is amazing. That's the understanding they have about our God. But now, because of the small town AI, now what will happen to your name? He was concerned about God's purpose. God, you promised this will happen, but this is not going that way. Now what will happen to your promise? You are a God of your word and promise. What will happen? He's concerned about God's people. Even in his mourning, even in his blabbering, even in his you know, you know, panic, he's concerned about God. He's focused on God's purpose in life. How many of us can think of God's purpose in life? When you, uh, maybe young ones, when you go for university, I know some of the people in the church who, when they, before they were looking at university, when they, were, they had the choice, this, 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 the first thing they would go is find a church next to it. Is there a good church? Is there a new frontier church? And things like that. I know they did it. Wow, amazing. Amazing. How do we be God's you know, purpose-focused, God's promise-focused? How many times we have great promises over us, great prophecies over us, great things, but soon, because we are not focused on that, we forget them. We don't remember them. We give up easily. And, and our, our, our faith is fluctuating. You know, we have ups and downs and ups and downs. Yeah, one point, yeah. It was a great time. Yeah, I was doing really well. You know, people prayed for me. And just now, look at my life. You know, we get, we, because we lose focus on God's purpose in our life. Why, Lord? Joshua wasn't like that. My wife and I, we bought a house now. We moved to a, to a new house. You know, the same protocol we did. We searched so many houses, viewings, you know, asking, inquiring, and this and that. But all that we were praying, Lord, show us the house we need to be. We walked into the house. We, we bought the house with the current house where we are. As soon as we went in, normal, everything is fine. But when we stepped into the conservatory, a big space, a nice big space, same thing went on, my wife's mind and my mind as well. The same thing, as soon as we said, wow, this is a good space. We can have meetings here. We can run groups here. We can invite people, share the love of God, have love feasts, entertain people here. This is a good space. That's the same thing that was a drawing point for us. And that's why we bought the house. We've already had so many, it's just two months, we've already had several meetings there. We had so much fun sharing God's love and we had so much uh, great. You know what? It is so good. And also another thing to do with the house is that it's just two doors away from a school. My son is going to another school. It's a bit of a journey. My wife has to do all that after night duty. And yeah, yeah, the normal chores. But this one is just two days away. Literally, our, our fence and the school fence is the same. I can just chuck my son into school. It's come, school time. There you go. And then when it's school finished, yeah, I'm ready to catch. Yeah, jump. It could be. I mean, it's so close. So thing. But 
We just didn't want to you know, put him or into the new school. We just prayed about it. We, said, we called my son Elisha. He's six years old. He said, Elisha, there's a new school. Yeah, I, I know. I know mommy is having trouble picking you up, dropping and things like that. So, um, yeah, I know, but I love my new school. You know what? Shall we should do one thing? We'll just pray. And I just prayed, Father, help us to take the right decision. This impacted my son so much. Since then, every night before they go to bed, they pray, you know, kids. My daughter is three years. She prays as well with her own words. My son prays. We all pray. Have fun together as a prayer. But since then, he started praying, Lord, there's a school here. Mommy has trouble, you know, picking me and dropping. I love the old school. I don't know what decision to take. Jesus, please help me. Help us to break the right decision. He started praying that. I was in tears. I was thinking, what? As young as a six-year-old boy can understand that? Yeah. What they've learned is anything in life they could go to God and ask God for. That's a, that's a very good thing to learn, isn't it? Isn't it? I was so pleased. And it was because we moved to that new house. You see how when we are God and, and God's purpose focus, how God does great things in our lives. Guys, are we God and God and his purpose focused in our life? Don't run away from the promises and the prophecies that you had over yourself. Don't give up on them. God will not give up on them. Be focused. Be focused on his purpose. God will do. So this is what we learned from Joshua. Joshua's choices were always God-centered. He allowed and gave permission to God to influence his life. He always looked from God's point of view. He was focused on God and his purpose. One final thing, guys, of all the things that we learned from, from, from uh, Joshua is Joshua said this at the end of his life, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. How many of us can say that? How many of us can say that today? Absolute surrender. Lord, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We like a genie God. How many of us like a genie God? Yeah, genie, oh, we want this God. Lord, are we not, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm heading on to this, come on, I want you to bless me, I want you to do this, and da, 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 da. We want a genie God, we love, we want God to serve us. I want God to serve us. No, Joshua said, I and my family want to serve you, God, not you serving us. I want to serve you. And he made the right decision in life. Guys, as for me and my family, as for you and your family, let's serve the Lord. Thank you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.